Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Happy Monday, buddies. It's time for an episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me on this rainy yet excellent evening is my new buddy, Justin Dombrowski. How you doing today, buddy? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Sure. So for those who don't know, Justin is a historian, an author, a longtime fan of BuddyCast, and just overall a great buddy. So thank you, buddy, for joining us today. Sure. So buddy, first off, I got to ask, how did you find BuddyCast? What, you know, how did you discover it? I think... Uh... When I first discovered, I think when you first started doing it was around the time, if I'm not mistaken, um, was when I started listening to um, Idiotville podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know they've had you on there. And, you know, I, I definitely, at least uh, listening to your podcast, love the, the message behind yours. And I think it's very, you know, definitely inspiring, um, especially in, you know, the times you live in, as you say, when uh, everybody can certainly use a buddy. So, um you know, it definitely it was something intriguing. And, uh, you know, ever since you've, you know, been on with the podcast, it's definitely something I try listening to. Thank you. Beautiful. So you're a historian, especially with Erie. What do you love most about Erie history? I would say uh, what really kind of uh, I love most about Erie history is that there's such a variety of different uh types of history you can learn here. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, living in Erie, uh, Waterford, Gerard, you know, any of the areas uh, around you per se, you really can get involved with so much different history from, you know, when the city, you know, was founded all the way to recently. Um, you know, I think that's really evident with uh, the many different Facebook groups that we have that's dedicated to Erie history, all different types. Um, all the way, you know, from architecture, um, dealing with the different, you know, backgrounds and cultures that have really made Erie what it is. So I, I really like there's a, such a different variety where you can pick and choose from. Uh, you know, I find it really kind of impossible for you to, to, to focus on one area of history without going into another area that kind of just makes it, you know, so interesting and, and you know, versatile. Beautiful, beautiful. You love Erie's history so much, you even wrote a book on it. The... Uh... Can you right. tell our audience about the book by chance? Yeah, so the, the, the book I wrote was uh, published um, in June by History Press called Murder, Mayhem, in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, definitely a, a, a really eye-catching title for sure. Um, you know, that that's uh, my first published book. Uh, and that book really details uh, several different cases, you know, with a historical twist, as I always say, um, about Erie's uh, criminal history. You know, being a, a true crime buff myself and, and majoring it in college, um, you know, during the Mercy Years here at Erie, it was definitely something I've, I've studied ever since I was a teenager, actually. So, 
you know, writing a book about it, you know, and, and working with my acquisition editor um, for History Press, what we did is, um, you know, we didn't want to do the run of the, run of the mill just about, you know, just one you know type of topic, which is why it's, it's titled Murder and Mayhem. You know, we wanted to do something that wasn't all, you know, doom and gloom, but still, you know, for example, there includes, um, you know, the, the bombing of the coal trestle for the Pennsylvania Railroad, you know, just so it kind of breaks the tension there a little bit. Um, so in, in a nutshell, you know, the goal for writing the book was really to, to give you a form of history uh, with a mixture of true crime that kind of can appeal to uh, different audiences. Awesome. Awesome. What was the most in- interesting case or the one you found you most intrigued in when you wrote the book? I thought um, probably the one that I found the most intriguing um, would probably have to be the chapter that takes place during Prohibition, um, which involves a crime which was known as the um, Blackwood Potato Patch murder. Um, and that one was intriguing because I grew up on Erie's East Side. And where that particular crime occurred, uh, growing up, I always was over there. I had friends who lived on the east side over by the east side tops, which is where that would have occurred by Joanna Connell. And, you know, it, it, it brings back, you know, there's just endless um, possibilities when you study that type of history where it's like, you know, you never knew this stuff existed. And everywhere around you, there's something historically connected. So that was one I think that really stood out because, you know, growing up, you know, I lived in that area. I've, you know, you know, traversed it, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. So I think that one was really, you know, the one that really kind of was the most interesting for me because there was a little bit of a connection there for it. Awesome. What about notable characters, like uh, people that you just found, like maybe you don't, you, know, you know, hopefully you don't connect with, uh, with criminals <laughs> or anything like that, but just someone yeah. like you just found, you know, like when you do a research project and you're, right. you really learn about someone. Who was that character for you in this book? I, I think probably one of the most fascinating characters it would have to be a combination of uh, Frank Watson, who was one of the former Erie County detectives, and Mary Holland, who was perhaps in early 1900s the most famous uh, private detective, and she was, you know, a, a female too. And you know, for me, those were the most notable characters because Frank Watson. Um, as you see in the first chapter of the book, you know, he's kind of portrayed as kind of a heroic law enforcement figure who uh, was involved in the uh, investigation into the then uh, murder of Detective uh, James Higgins, who was murdered. And then in the second chapter, we see him again, but he's kind of from a different perspective. So it definitely shows um, the fact and it supports that Watson was known as a shrewd type of detective, but he was also known as a thorough, you know, lawman at the time. Um, for Mary Holland, it was fascinating because, you know, this was a time where women were not afforded the same rights as men. Um, you know, this was well before, uh, you know, the right to vote and stuff like that. So, you know, that really kind of intrigued me uh, because not only did she, you know, work and, and cooperate with law enforcement agencies all around the world, uh, including in France and Scotland Yard, um, but that, again, was another thing of history that happened right here in Erie. So for that kind of connection to be, you know, connected with our history, I think, was, was something that really kind of stood out for us. Beautiful. Now, be, with the, being a historian, with writing a book, you're obviously indulged in a boatload of research, a boatload of history. Like you said, you made this your major. You studied this throughout school. How much research went into this book alone? 
I would say into this book is probably a culmination of probably all together over the past 10 years, I, I, I would say I've pulled from different areas of research. Um, and no, normally what that, you know, requires is, you know, you know, I would go to the historical society, which is just fantastic. Um, uh, and we're definitely lucky in Erie to have a historical society that is so research, researcher friendly, um, you know, knowledgeable, and then they have such a, you know, extensive background, like I said, that really kind of plays to that uh, multiverse historical angle. So, you know, between that, you know, going through hundreds and, and perhaps I would say thousands of newspaper articles. Wow. Um, the thing with difficult with these older cases is that if the cases didn't necessarily come to trial, um, those police records are long gone. Yeah. You know, the city of Erie police really only has uh, records from the 1950s and so onward. So you're not really going to find any kind of, you know, bombshell, you know, kind of cases, anything like that. But there would be situations where if some of the characters in the book did have a criminal past and, you know, they were arrested or brought to trial, you can definitely look through the courthouse records that are at the historical society. And, and that kind of also gave me a little bit of, a, I would say, an input with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, variety of different sources. Um, you know, I've done genealogy work for over 10 years, so I use those kind of uh, sources and background information. Um, looking for individuals, you know, and, and along the way, you kind of, when you do research of that nature, you really kind of, um, you're investigating the case as well, because you're looking at it from all different angles. You're, you're looking at all the different characters involved, you know, their motives. Um, and also, probably the biggest thing was actually going and actually visiting the actual areas that, you know, where it occurred. Um, mostly, I would say, for the most part, a lot of the stuff that occurred in Erie, you're, you're not really going to find a lot of those areas that have survived. So yeah. being able to go back there, kind of transpose yourself to what it was like back then, you know. Uh -huh. um, so, I mean, and that's just scratching the surface of the type of research that, that's usually involved at yeah. least with the book. And that brings up two follow-up questions that I have. The first one is, which one was the hardest to find the information on? Like you said, you know, police records only go back so far. Which one was the hardest? And which site captured your attention the most? I would say out of all the ones that I wrote about, uh, the one that was probably the most difficult um, Really, the thing uniquely is back then, I would say, the early, early Daily Times newspapers, at least the older ones, um, they wrote really extensively about the cases. So, so there was never really, I would say, a lack of information about what occurred. Um, and, and the crime scenes themselves, at least from these ones, I know there are other cases where it's really difficult to pinpoint. Um, I would say nothing was really difficult in a way to do it. I mean, generally what, what I had assistance with was burial photos that go back to the 1930s and 20s. So um, if I did have difficulty in finding locations, um, all I had to really do um, was kind of slowly work through the years. And probably, you know, now that I think about it, the, the most difficult one was probably finding the location of um, where the Blackwood Potato Patch murder happened in the 1920s. And that was because in that time frame, the, that area over where Tofts is now was nothing but farmlands. Um, mm. Zimmerman Road that runs over there by the east side Walmart, 
uh, you know, existed. So, you know, what you generally try to do with that is you try to pick out certain clues, you know, roadways that were there back then. You try to, you know, build up the area. Um, and then, like I said, gradually, I would kind of work back through the years and try to match the area up with maps, um, any kind of census records. Um, sometimes it could be tedious. Other times it was really straightforward. Um, like, for example, with the case with Detective Higgins, that was pretty clear. We know where the old Central High School used to stand. You know, stuff like that's not really going to pose much of a, an issue, I would say. Awesome. Hey, speaking of locations, where can people locate your book? So you can actually purchase the book on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. Um, the Kindle version of the book was just released as well. Um, and then there is also, I believe, the ebook through Barnes & Noble also. So there's that. Um, if you like to shop local and support your local bookstores, such as, you know, Crest, Warner Books, which they have, you know, great selections, um, they also carry it as well. So, you know, there's many different options available for you. Um, and then also, if you're at the Historical Society, they also have it there, too. Awesome. Awesome. Now, buddy, do you have any upcoming projects you're working on? Anything with Erie history that you could fill us in on? Yeah, probably too much, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, that, that's the ADD talk and I'm always working on something. Um, you know, my, my protocol, at least when I'm working on a project is I'm also, I'm, I would say I'm most likely working on two things at once. If I'm working on a current book, I'm actually already working on the next one. And that includes doing the research and actually getting that ready so I can pitch that to, uh, you know, my editor or if I go with a different publication company, doing somewhat kind of a, a pitch so I can do that. So the next um, project that comes out is actually a book called Erie's Backyard Strangler, which continues the true crime perspective here in Erie. It takes place in the 1960s. Um, that already is scheduled for release on February 13th, 2023, again from uh, History Press. Um, it'll be on Kindle, and then also eventually they're going to be doing an audiobook version of it. Wow. So, you know, for people who are into audiobooks, uh, History Press, at least for their true crime series, they're doing that. Um, that'll be, again, available all of local bookstores. And, you know, if you prefer to share on Amazon, you know, it'll be there. You know, if you want to shop local, again, you know, that option will be there also. Um, besides that, there is also the, there's, there's at least two or three different projects at least, because, you know, originally starting this whole process, you know, we planned on a series of different books that we wanted to do. Um, following that, at least tentatively scheduled for late next year is going to be a book that is going to be called, uh, Attack of the Body Snatchers, which will actually recount the 1911, um, mausoleum desecration of the Scott Mausoleum in Erie Cemetery. And it will also detail um, the investigation that went into that using a lot of uh, that one uh, court case files that have never been seen before, um, documents that most of the public have never seen since 1911. Um, and that actually also, I, I've become good friends with uh, John Frank Oldfield, who is the U.S. Postal Inspector who arrested Gilbert Perkins and Charles Franklin. His great-grandson um, is actually a good friend, which I've, uh, you know, been, been blessed to uh procure some information from him, which will be um, presented for the first time in terms of Erie history. So there's a lot of different things along the avenue. And then also, eventually, I plan to take a break, I would say, from a true crime angle. And then uh, I'm actually in talks to do a book on the Mill Creek flood eventually. Mm. So it's just a matter of getting things rolling and, you know, getting them all done. So Nice. Nice. 
Well, I can't wait to read either of those books. Anything that you and when you release them, you know where to come to talk about them. Absolutely. Alrighty. Now, where can our buddies learn more about you if they want to find out more? If they want to learn more about your books, where can we find you? So I actually run a Facebook page called Shadows from the Boulevard, which actually details a lot of the research I do, uh, sharing daily facts. And it really started as a avenue for a true crime perspective to look into some areas older unsolved cases. But I've kind of opened that up to be more broader, um, include other different you know areas of eerie history where it's not really just so selective. Um, so that page is on Facebook, and eventually the, this fall we're trying to get it working so that we have uh, the re- website up and running. That'll mm. include um, more daily, you know, articles and you know, so on and so forth. Awesome! Now, buddy, we have to make this an official buddy cast, so I'm mm. going to stamp it with my final two questions. Sure. The first one comes to us from our buddy Jonas Kane from hashtag Positivity, who wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? So for me, at least, what it means to be uh, somebody's buddy is to be somebody who's supportive and there for them. I think, um, you know, especially with, you know, how, you know, the crazy world we live in and the things that are going on, um, we can always, we always, you know, could use somebody to talk to, whether it's a good friend, a coworker, um, you know, family members, you know, and, I, and I'm truly, you know, blessed to have such a, a wide range of friends and family um, who, you know, I consider buddies that, you know, I know I can count on. And, you know, vice versa. So for me, I, I think the most important thing about being, you know, to be a buddy is, is to be there for people. Um, treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, be kind, um, be generous. Well, and then understand that, you know, everybody is always, you know, somebody else, you know, may not be experiencing what you're going through, but they may be going through something else. And, you know, your words of encouragement um, could definitely be something that could make their day. So Absolutely. Kind words are never wasted. Treat others the way you want to be treated. The golden okay. rule. That's what being a buddy is all about. And now, buddy, we've come to what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this one? I'm ready. What I'm going to split this into two parts. The first sure. part is what's your advice for anyone out there who wants to be an author? And the second part, what about anyone who wants to be a historian? Okay. So I, I think what I'll do is I'll start off with the first part. You know, being an author is, and this is at least the great thing is that you know, it doesn't just apply to one genre. It, you know, it, it applies to everything as a whole. I think if you want to be an author, um, one, don't give up. You're going to have obstacles that are going to come your direction uh, that are really going to set you back. Um, you know, don't let it stop you from achieving your dream. You know, surround yourself with people who will support you. Um, <clears throat> also, as an author, you have to you have to get used to criticism. You have to understand that not everybody's going to like what you write. Not everybody's going to like what you do. It's just the nature of the business. Um, you know, and then most importantly, read. You know, read anything from, you know, romance, science fiction, to horror, to drama, to historical fiction. Um, you know, the more you read, the more you're going to open your mind to different experiences and what you're able to do as an author. And, uh, and then finally, I would say, if you want to be an author, you know, cherish the rejection letters you get and look at it as being able to use it as a tool that's going to better yourself. You know, if somebody says, hey, I didn't like it for this reason, it's just more motivation for you to improve, fix your mistakes, and move on. Um, As far as being a historian, I would say, you know, reread everything that you come across. Um, Always keep an open mind. 
uh, you know, never discount anything at face value just because it doesn't sound right or look right. You know, you always want to be, you know, unbiased with what you look at. Um, you know, and, and this really kind of at least would apply to me is, you know, a lot of the stuff I deal with, even though some of these cases have occurred over 100 or so years ago, you know, some some of those individuals' family members are still alive. You know, you're still going to have a lot of people who through the years, their families have suffered trauma or those, those you know, old family tales follow them wherever they go over hundreds of years. So, you know, being a historian, respect the material you're investigating or you're looking into. And, you know, certainly the most important, don't take it for granted, you know, where we live, you know, the city we're in and, and the rich history it has. And, you know, always do what you can to also be there for fellow historians. Um, I know our, you know, for example, one of my good buddies and yours as well, John Burdick was a, is a good fellow historian. Um, you know, very generous, you know, always, you know, there for his uh, friends. You know, he did a great job and was very, uh, you know, helpful with, you know, promoting the book. So um, that in a nutshell is what I would say. You know, if you want to be a historian or author, follow some of those points. And also, if anybody has any questions, I'm always, you know, reachable through my page as well. And, you know, willing to at least give some advice. Awesome. Well, buddy, thank you for being a buddy here on BuddyCast today. Sure. Thank you for being a great follower and just exemplifying what it means to be a buddy. Thank you, you know, I always love having fans on this show, especially when they have stories like you. So right. thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you. I know, and the thing is on the onset, you know, I know that, um, you know, some of the subject material I write about isn't uh, some of the happiest stuff as my grandfather would say, but it really, you know, kind of, like I said, it adds that different flavor of the different uh, people you have on the show. And Exactly. And how we're all kind of connected from different walks of life and, and you know, how we can, uh, you know, kind of improve it and make it better. So Exactly. It's a show for everybody, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, buddy, before we end the show, I have one favor to ask you. Sure. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, go be someone's buddy. Absolutely. All right. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Justin Dombrowski. Please check out his book. Reach out to him. Just say hi. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. We'll join you next time on everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past. Buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Don't be lonely, go make it. Here on BuddyCast